Pegar Sobral Tomar Chiquês I made this podcast for my sons. This podcast is not political. This podcast is for the people. It's for the fathers. It's for the sons that will be fathers of the sons and the daughters that do have fathers. This podcast is for men. You are listening to The Fathership Project. Hey, what's going on, family? You are listening to The Fathership Project, and I am your host, Demetrius Early, also known as Meech Real. And I got a really exciting episode for you. This is episode 97. We're getting close to uh, 100, man. I'm still planning it. Um, And I don't know, man. Like, I I wanted 100 to be the episode with me and my pops, because that's a monumental conversation. Let me tell you why. My dad don't talk. And so any conversation is monumental because he legit don't talk. So him talking is a monumental situation. But anyway, I'm still figuring that out, man. There's another conversation I want to have with my wife that's super powerful. And I think that I may be a little closer to that because the thing with me and my pops talking, it has so many layers and it's such a full dialogue that I kind of want to... I want to roll that out a, a different kind of way. So I may wait, but I don't know, man. But either way, it's going to be some dope content, man. Episode 100 is super exciting, even though I'm tech, like episode 250, for real, for real. But unfortunately, um, it only felt right when I transferred over from a podcast um, that I left the radio the two years you know, two and a half years of radio content in the cloud where it'd be. So, for my actual 100 episode, I'm going to make a pretty big deal out of it. Like I said, I'm a veteran in this thing, so I technically got more than an hour. I mean, more than 100, but, you know, I'm, I'm going to just keep it a bean. I'm, I'm going to keep that where that is, and I'm going to use it from my first episode when I actually began to get... Direction, just episode one. Shut up. Go check that one out. That's a classic. That's um, pr- it's probably my favorite. One of my favorites at the very least. But anyway, man, we got a really dope show. Um, episode ninety six, the Man Code Project. This is episode ninety seven. Well, I don't know what episode. This is the Man Code Project, man. I, I had a 
conversation with a, a friend of mine the other day, and then I processed the conversation through my wife. So I called her and we talking, and um, the stuff I talked about came back up and it came out in different ways, and God kind of. Uh, inspired me to talk about it in my show. It's something that needs to be talked about, and I'm pretty excited about it. So, um, we're going to get into it. But, <clears throat> for now on, when you listen to the Fathership Project, I want to I encourage you, so I'm going to open up with a quote. Right? And when I open up with this quote, I want you to be so inspired. I'm, go I'm going all the way out. I'm talking about, I'm adding music and drums. Like It's, go it's just going to be a big deal. So are y'all ready? Y'all ready for the quote of the day? Kill the deep inspiring music. This quote is by Thomas Alcott. Now listen, I don't know nothing about no Thomas Alcott. If he was a confederate, if he was a racist, slave-owning, abusive, destructive, monger, Satanist, I don't know nothing about this man. So if if he is, let me know. So I can, um, I don't know. I, I don't know what I can do with the information, but let me know. Because I'm not promoting, buddy. But this is a really dope quote, man, that I found. And I really, I'm talk, when I say I like it, I really, really like it. Um, and it has so much to do with this show that uh, I couldn't just skip it. I could have took it to credit. Should I, should I take the credit for it? Nah, nah. So, first find the man in yourself that you will inspire manliness in others. You are now listening to The Fathership Project. for the main event now that you have been motivated and inspired to the 15th power now we can have the conversation that i've been having <laughs> with myself in the car for two days three days i'm talking about it's hilarious it's, it's just it's funny but anyway i want to have this conversation because i think it's extremely important I also want to ask a couple questions because, like I said, I just, I just want to encourage fathers. I want to inspire fathers. So this is the Fathership Project. This is where fathers encourage fathers to be fathers and fathers encourage sons to forgive them for them not being fathers so that they can become fathers and the sons that may become fathers will have healed to be good fathers. That's, that's really deep. But uh, but better yet, man, you are listening to the Fathership Project, where we talk about dad privilege and the benefits and the consequences of or the lack thereof in the community. We have dope conversations, and I pray and I'm thankful for the ones that you partake in, share, and have on your own time. But let's go ahead and get it. So, I want to ask a question. This episode is going to be about being a man. This is a man call. We having a man moment, right? We want to talk because. Can you be a dad? Can you be a dad 
and not be a man? Is it possible to still be a father without being a man? So remember that question. Can you be a father and not be a man? Think about it. What do you think? Yes, no, maybe so. I'm leaning to say no. Can you create a child? Yes, as a male. That is something that is just in your body that you have nothing to do with that God puts in you. And if you is doing it, you can give you can help give birth. You can you can do your portion on what it takes of the child birthing process. But can you be a father if you are not a man? Because being male alone does not guarantee you are a man. And just because you're male, it does not make you a father because there's a character that is attached to a man that is not attached to a male. I think I may be getting ahead of myself. Now think about it like this. The Bible talked about as a child I done I did childish things, right? But when I became a man, I put away my childish ways. And I think about that scripture, and the one that talks about a transition, right? It talks about a tra transition between being immature to maturing, between being a child and a man. Um, and the one thing that I noticed in it is that it was a choice to become a man. Because you're already a male. You already are a child, right? It didn't say when I was a child, I acted like a child. But when I turned 18, I put away my childish ways. That's because that's specific. There are 50-year-old males, right? There are 50-year-old males. But every 50-year-old male is not a 50-year-old man. So I'm going to come back to that. So let me let me get into the framework of this conversation I want to have with my fellas. Uh, and this is ageless dialogue. I'm talking about from 16. Hmm, let's talk about. Let's do 16 from 16 and up, man. Um, you begin to get to a crossroads on whether uh, of you figuring out who you want to be. You, and you're scratching the surface, but you're getting there. You're having the conversation. You're make you're making the decisions. You're, you're having the interactions. But when I think about being a man, the first thing that comes to mind is our greatest grandfather of all time, and that's Adam. The first man, right? The first man. And see, I'm, I'm saying that because it's hard to talk about what a man should be and not talk about God because God made man. So if nobody else knows who knows what a man is, God does because he made it. <laughs> like it's all this conversation on a man wears blue or a man does this and a man but look but if we look at all those are opinions right um based off of assumption sight science whatever 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 but at the end of the day if you really want to know what a man is you don't have to look no further than the bible and god because that's where man started right that's the creation of man you you literally hear about how man is brought to this earth so let's talk about him let's, the first man let's let, let's let's talk about it so i want to ask another question man 
Do you guys believe that Adam knew about fear before sin? Like, if we looked in the Bible, is there any evidence that Adam was aware of fear before sin entered the earth? And I ask that question because um, the Bible tells us that God did not give us the spirit of fear, right? That's not the acknowledgement of danger, but I'm saying fear, what fear does to you, how fear makes you respond. And I've been reading and I'm studying, I'm trying to figure this out. Like, man, did I hear God mention fear before sin? Did the conversation of fear ever arise before sin? So look, man, I want to get into it because like I said, it's, this is a heavy show, but um, I want to get into that part. So this would be Genesis 2. Uh, let's get down to where Jesus out of formed every beast. Let's see. I wanted to start, but the tree of knowledge of good. Then the Lord took the man and put him in the garden. The name of the third river is Hedekel. It is the one which toward the east of Assyria. The fourth river is Euphrates. Uh, 15, it picks up and it says, Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and to keep it. So first and foremost, there's purpose, right? Which is very, very, very important. I'm going to get back to that because I got <laughs> I got a dope little anecdote about that. So he said, he, he brought man to the garden. He said to tend and keep it. He gave man dominion. He said, listen, this is yours. I want you to take care of it. Keep it. Tend and keep it. Take care of it, right? 16 says, and the Lord God commanded that man saying, of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You shall not eat, for in the day you eat of it, you shall, you shall surely die. Um, and in 18, and the Lord said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper, helper comparable to him. Out of the ground, the Lord formed every beast of the field, every bird of the earth. Well, let me go back. It says, I will make him a helper comparable to him. So now when I'm talking about being a man and the characteristics of a man, um, it can be perverted, confused for misogyny or to talk down. Let me say, so So, despite what I may say or even what I may think, the source of, of the truth and where truth comes from says that he said, I will make him a helper comparable to him. He did not say, I will make him a subordinate. I will not, I will make him an animal. I will, it says, I will make him a helper comparable to him. So this is, so when you talk about a man and when I talk about a woman and I, the way I talk about it now is that it's not one better than the other. It's one, it's about purpose. There's purpose and there's design, right? In a vehicle, everybody sees the body of the car and the tires. But if you understand that there, are, there is a purpose for the body and the tires, but there are so many other intricate things that are even smaller in size, right? But one can be more expensive and more detrimental to the function of the car that you can have a dent in your car, but a dent in your engine, but a crack in your engine, you have a, a crack in, your, in, in the body, but a crack in your engine, 
like like so that so i couldn't say that the body of the car is more important than the engine and i can't really say the engine without the body of the car is more important because the engine without the body couldn't drive so it's all about purpose it's not about valuing one because god created both and if god created it it's valuable and it's one of a kind so i will make him a helper and comparable to him 19 says out of the ground the lord formed every beast in the field and every bird in the air and brought them to adam to see what what each uh what he would call them and whatever adam called each living creature creature that was his name so adam named the animal so adam gave names to all the cattle to all the birds in the air to every beast in the field but adam there he was he was he was not found a helper comparable right and the lord caused a deep sleep to adam and he slept and he took one of the ribs and closed up the flesh and took it in, in its place. Then the rib, which the Lord had taken from the man, he made into a woman and he gave. And he brought her to the man and Adam said, this is now bones of my bones, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she has taken, she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and they shall become one flesh. And they both were naked. This is the part that stood out, not the naked part, uh, but the man and his wife were not ashamed. I like that part because um, if they weren't ashamed, now let's look at other words attached to ashamed. Okay, so the opposite of ashamed um, is reluctant reluctant to do something through fear of embarrassment or humiliation. Um, reluctant, loath, unwilling, dis, uh, disinclined, hesitant, indisposed, slow, averse, afraid. This is why I was, I was so geeked about this. So, so let's go back. It says they was naked, right? They ain't had no clothes on. Him and his wife. And they were not ashamed. That's Genesis 2. Um, that's Genesis 2 and 25. Right? Not ashamed. The opposite of ashamed is reluctant, unwilling, disinclined, hesitant. But overall, it's afraid. Right? So, he and his wife were not afraid. Now, I'm going to talk about a man and these characteristics, but I'm going to say that that doesn't mean that a man isn't afraid and a woman didn't have fear. That there was there was no fear. Can we find evidence of fear prior to sin? Pre-sin was their fear. Now, from starting in Genesis, I didn't see it. You find it. Show it to me. I'll, you know, whatever. But let me know. Anyway. So. Adam, so our question, did did Adam know fear before sin? I don't know. I don't think so. But what I do know is that right here at 25, it says the man and his wife, and they were not ashamed. So they were, he was more connected to, they walking around naked. They, they weren't ashamed of being naked, right? Now, I'm bringing all this up because... Adam is a great example of man, of mankind. You know, even though he created in God's likeness, like Adam was the man, but he wasn't perfect. So I'm going to make another statement with all due respect to my greatest grandfather. Sin entered the earth because 
Adam had a lapse in judgment because when center, when sin entered the earth, it was because Adam wasn't being a man. You wild and meach, maybe. Let's talk, let's talk about it. So here, let me keep going. So the tip, the temptation and the fall of man. So now we go to three. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast in the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of every fruit of the tree, uh, uh, eat the fruit of the, uh, of the trees in the garden. But the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Right. This is the devil setting her up. So look, then we, we'll jump down. He says, So when the woman saw the tree that was good, it was good for food, and it was pleasant to the eyes, and a, desi and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave it to her husband, and he ate it. Then her eyes were open. Um, they realized that they were naked. They sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. So our greatest grandfather, Adam, created the first FUBU because it was for us and by us. He made the first first hookup. So anyway, let's go down and say, and say, and they heard the sound of Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees in the garden. Now it says, then the Lord called Adam and said to him, where are you? Which basically, he God knew where he was at. He was saying, "What tip? At, what tip you want?" He was. That's what he he wanted to know. What tip he was on. So anyway, so he said, "I heard your voice in the garden." Here we go. Y'all ready? And I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. So then it goes into Christ kind of questioning him, like, "So you know, what made you think he was naked?" And he found out. So, so here I wanted to stop right there. So. We don't hear Adam confess fear, right, until sin. Because they was walking around just, you know, free balling. Everybody was doing their thing, chilling. And then all of a sudden, fear, the conversation of fear enters when he does something against God's will. So I make the statement that Adam allowed sin to enter the earth. Because he was, he had a lapse of judgment in a moment when he was not being a man. Let me tell you why. So let's go back. So the, so the serpent is having this whole conversation with Eve, right? And it says, so she also gave, so she ate the fruit and she also gave to her husband. So, you know, in my, when I first was reading about Adam and Eve, in my mind, I believe that Adam was playing 2K or in his day it was probably called one right where he was you know on the game or he, he was he was somewhere so far removed that he just maybe dumbfoundedly assumed that when his baby girl came with the with, with the food he like oh good looking sweetheart chewed on it it's cool but that's not what that happened here so one could come to the conclusion that while the serpent had this conversation with Eve, Adam was close enough that when she took a bite, she she was able to offer it to her husband that was in close proximity. So these are examples of 
lapses of judgment because no real man no real man would allow their spouse to be put in harm's way because God told Adam don't mess with this so imagine you know someone tell you oh don't do this but you let your wife do it when you know it he said and you will surely die so somebody say hey don't go over there um don't go over there on martin luther king street on this day because they shooting and killing people and you're like oh cool i'm not going and then you allow your girl to be on the phone with somebody like girl come down over here martin luther king girl they shooting let's go it's, it's gonna be fun you know you're gonna be able to tell people that you survived and you just like go on here you know let's go that's your fault because you were told what to do. You knew what would happen and you let it happen anyway. And, and as a man, we're supposed to protect those that we love. That's our job. They were supposed to protect them, not because they're weaker, not because they're not smarter, not because they're inferior, not because they can't do it themselves. It's not even about what they can do. It's about what we are called to do, and it's attached to our purpose. So what we are called to do is to be protectors. And when these things don't happen, you can say, I'm not acting like my father, because your father... Which is why we give, when he says he's the father, we give him a male, um, you know, we call him he, right? Dad. You know, we give him this male, this male perspective. And he's a protector. It was another thought I had about God and how we call God the father, right? And God is omnipresent. So meaning that even in the midst of the fire, like the three Hebrew boys, he saw God there, right? When you think about all these, you know, these all these situations that's in the Bible, you see God there. Moses, I don't know what to do. God offers him this. He's crying out to God. Like God is so present everywhere. So it's like, so how can I consider myself being a father? How can I consider myself being a man and having the character of a man when I'm not present? Now, as a father, can you be omnipresent? No. But God shows us how important it is to be present because God never chooses to not be. So for the God that can do anything, who chooses to never not not be there, how can I consider myself living in the likeness of God or living like God when I am choosing, picking and choosing when I, when I can be present? Meaning when your kids call you, sometimes you want to be around them, sometimes you don't, and you choose not to be. Or you just don't want to be in their life at all. And what's interesting is, is that God is literally waiting for us to accept them in his lives, but he's God regardless. He's still providing. He's still in. He's still doing. He's still waking us up every morning. He's still present, and he's waiting to give us even more if we accept them, right? And it's interesting how some people and some men, males are not in their children's lives, and it can go back to oh, that's because you're not being a man in this area. Because if you were a man, even if your child was mad at you and your child denied you, you would still be being a father to every great part and possibility in, with everything within your power. Because we can't necessarily see God, but we can see provision all around us. We can see his presence everywhere because he continues to provide despite how we act, how we treat him, even when we deny him. 
he has not changed his mind about being omnipresent. It doesn't like, you know what? Like, have you have you woke up in a day and the sun is in your porch on your porch? You're like, what the heck is happening? God, like, man, I can't do it today, man. He, my man was tripping last night, man. He talking about I'm not real, or he keep calling me universe, and I said not my name, and he he like, so I'm just not gonna be God. Like, like God doesn't just take a day off because it's, um, because he's not being treated the way he deserves. When he, when God is the only person who should really have a real gripe. So there's such a huge example of what manly is when we look at the father. What a father is when we look at the father, right? So I wanted to keep going because Adam, it's, it's this Adam fault. Okay, so the man, the Lord says, so, so 13, and the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done no no let me go back i'm sorry and it's 11 and he said who told you that you were naked have you eaten from the tree of which i commanded you not to he like bro i told you don't go to mcdonald's so listen i'm about to break i'm about to break some biblical truths to y'all that y'all didn't know the tree of, of knowledge the tree that god told him not to eat it was a mcdonald's i mean think about it what else is always there like, no matter where you are, what's snab dab in the middle? The McDonald's. God said, listen, you can have everything else around here, bro. You can have all this. I'm talking about we got fig trees. We got orange trees. We got strawberry trees. We got um, water trees. Like, it just the garden even had all sorts of trees. Sunny Delight trees. No, Sunny Delight is unhealthy. Anyway, he had all these dope trees. And McDonald's builds they stuff anywhere. So it was a McDonald's right in the middle of that joint. And he said, don't eat there. That food is plastic. You will surely die. And Adam had Mickey D's. But I digress. Anyway. So then he so, so this is what Adam said. So now this is another point of when Adam was not being a man. So Adam says, the woman whom you gave me, she gave, she ate from the tree. She gave me what I ate. Look, you brought that woman over here. You did it. Come on, man. Is that something a man should be doing is throwing his, throwing his wife under the bus? Do we do this? If you and the mothers haven't, you know, if you and your child's mother are estranged, which, you know, I mean, every it takes two for this to happen, but y'all not married, y'all not together. And when you and your child are having tough times, you like, man, you, are you telling them, it's your mama's fault? You know what? It's your mom, like, <laughs> do you throw up under the bus? It's just interesting. So anyway. So you think about this. The woman ate from the apple, from the tree. She ate McDonald's. Nothing happened, right? Adam ate it. <laughs> and that's when, and that's when they, he like, whoa, we naked. Let's put on some clothes. We got to hide. We got to run. Like, that's when the generational impact hit. That's when the whole, whole mankind was affected forever. Because of that. 
Now, I'm talking and I'm focusing this on men because I'm a man and men need to encourage each other and we need to expose some of these issues that we have so that we can move on. Because there's too many males going around saying that they're men and there's too many males doing things that only a male could do but saying that it's what men do and people are mimicking it thinking that they're men and they're not. You're just being a male. So, with all that being said, that does not mean that men are better than women. It does not mean that men are more important to God than, uh, than women. It does not mean, it doesn't mean any superior, it doesn't mean anything more than there's consequences and this is what I was thinking about. So I'm about to get, oh, I'm about to, oh, I'm about to get y'all with my new favorite alliteration. Check this out. When, when Adam sinned, when Eve sinned, and when Adam sinned, it wasn't that nothing happened when she did it because she doesn't matter, right? And when it happened to him, he it's because he mattered. It, the res, the consequences of when they sinned was proportionate to their purpose. That's why this is my favorite, you know, like that's that's one of them codes, right? Like, like, like Adam was given dominion over the land. When Adam sinned, he cursed man. Man had dominion. Man fumbled the ball. This is the consequence of man. Now, woman still did wrong. So her response was the pain in childbirth. And that and that was directly connected to what she did. And it was proportionate to her purpose. Now, does that mean that a woman's only purpose is to give birth? No. No. No, 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 no. What I'm saying it is that when males are in our biologically we have the ability to we're one half of the baby making process right does that mean every man can have children no does that mean that he's not a man because he can't have children no same thing with a woman what makes a man a man though is when his character is modeled and chasing after the character of Christ because Christ it's perfect. Now, can you be perfect? Nah, we fighting that. We chasing that. But you can actually tell and see when you're not being like Christ. And that's when you're not being a man. Think about it, man. Now, we don't see it here, but you can't, you can't tell me. God, like, oh, what's going on? You tell on the girl, and Eve ain't looking at him like, hmm. You know they had a little argument after that, after they got kicked out of kicked out of uh, Eden. They, was, they had to have an argument. Like... So you just gonna tell God I did it, right? Hmm. He ain't even asked you that. He asked you how you who told you was naked. He ain't asked you who gave you the food. But you threw me under the bus. So this is when I had a moment, right? This is when I had a moment. You know, cause I'm reading this about Adam and Eve, and I'm, you know, like I said, just looking at the character of Christ and looking at of the responsibility Adam. Adam named. He was naming animals. He was to, he was told to take care of the land, right? Upkeep, you know, keep it. Tend to it, keep it. 
looking at have, so being responsible, having this, this, that, and the fourth. I'm like, okay, cool, cool, cool. These are things that I, I can personalize, that I need to be responsible, and everything that God gives me, I need to tend to it and keep it. And you can also see other scriptures when God gives people things he also wants interest. So I can tend to it, keep it, and bring back interest, right? Bring back more value growing. These are characteristics that I see that only can make me better. So I personalize it that way. So now I'm thinking about this. So I'm reading this and I'm like, man, let me. It brought me to thinking about moments of when me and my wife argue. So, fellas, I want y'all to think about this, too. I want y'all to go back to specific arguments, not to her, don't to you. Just I'm talking playing back in your head, like go back and I want you to start playing back how, your behavior and see if you had at a moment. Like, can you find when you not being a man and does that ever have anything to do with why you and your old lady beefing? Like, in the midst of an argument, what happens to cause this? So now I'm going to speak for myself. What did my father say? My father said that I'm going to talk about myself and not the church because I know I'm not going to leave, right? So if I talk about myself, I can't offend nobody but me. And I ain't going nowhere, right? I ain't about to stop doing my, you know, I ain't going to stop listening to my own podcast because I said something offensive because it's mine, right? Anyway, I digress. So I played back a conversation me and my wife had when we got into an argument. Um, I started playing back another one and another one. So let me give y'all one example of this argument. I'm going to let y'all into my life. And because you're listening to the Fathership Project, you deserve to be in my business a little bit. Because you are partaking in in my business or in a business. Or, I don't know. I digress. Anyway, me and my wife was just talking about some of our future plans and what we're trying to do. And I ain't going to hold y'all up, man. That's why I brought up the whole fear thing. Fear has ran my life, most of it. You know, I, I, I actually just addressed fear maybe a year and a half ago. Um, so fear kind of controlled most of my life. The only thing fear didn't never had room in and why I kind of made it an idol in my heart a little bit when I look back at that moment was football because I wasn't afraid of nobody on the field. It was no, it was no data. It was no information. It was no statistics that may, put fear in me. You know, when we had a game, and it was a guy that was, oh, he's six six and this hundred pounds, and he run this fast. I'm like, where he at? Okay, where he got it? He, he trying to go? He trying to score? Okay, let's see. Let's see what he can do. And it's funny because this statement my dad used to always say to me, like, man, I want you to. Man, I wish you would just look at life the way you looked at football. And it didn't make sense until later in my life. Like, oh, because of the fearlessness. And then you look at my life and you can kind of see the fear. You can hear the fear. You can you can see the behavior that's attached to fear. So anyway, I was just thinking about just me and my wife and we were talking. And we were having these plans. And I'm like, I caught the moments. I started replaying back the moments when I started speaking like not a male. Like I'm like, but babe, what, but if this happens, I start getting scary. I start talking out of fear. And then we start fighting. So another thing in the scriptures with Eve is 
Now this is gonna be tough. And like I said, so just I'm, so I'm reading this. So so in 16 it says, you know, to the woman he said, I I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. In pain you shall bring forth children. Now this is the part you desire. Your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. So now it's translation 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 where it talks about a woman will want to lead. Right? A woman will want to lead. And what I've noticed is that when me and my wife get into our atom bags, our our, our our flesh bags, I'm speaking out of fear. The argument becomes because now we're both trying to dominate each other. I'm ruling over her. She's trying to rule over me because she, cause she can smell blood in the water. And I'm talking weak. I'm talking out of fear. Like, oh, my God. I don't know what to do. Like, what, what if this happened? Like, so, and it creates this disconnect. It creates this dysfunction. And I keep playing over, over in different disagreements. And I'm like, man, you know, was I speaking? Because the Bible talks about as a man follows God, a woman should follow him. And I'm going back and forth. I'm like, okay. So when I said this to her, was I speaking from what scripture and prayer and fasting has told me? Was I speaking from my flesh? And when my wife is um, following me as I follow Christ, are we arguing from a godly intake or do we argue when we're both in our personal bags right like I, it just like looking at the discourse like when i am being a man do i have the same problems when i'm not like when i'm because if god didn't give us the spirit of fear then speaking out of fear and it is it, not godly right meaning and i consider if it's not godly it's not manly and I shouldn't be doing it now does that mean that if it's you know that mean women don't have to be godly no that's not what I'm saying but I'm talking to my fellas see the what's dope about the Bible is that you can take scripture and you can find ways to make it applicable to your life male or female right so just like there's character principles that I'm connecting to men those same character principles are connected to women like there's no there's no leniency in character. That's why the woman also was had consequences, right? You know, because a woman and a man have different have um, different gifts and purposes and positions in life, and they were both punished proportionate to according to parts of their purpose. Dominion over the land, land is cursed. Man had to work with his hands, be harder. Woman is cursed. A woman was given the commission to literally birth the earth. You know, her and a man come together and they go through, they come through pregnancy. So a woman carries the child. But now because of sin, not only will she go through pain and, you know, pretty bad pain. Now she'll also battle desiring to take over a role. That God has said that she that she wouldn't be that she would be ruled over. She would feel like she needs to be in lead, right? And this stuff is tough because, like I said, man, there there there's abuses of this power where a woman is spoke down. That's why the Bible says. That's why I say it. The playbook says a woman follows a man as he follows Christ. When I see that, 
That means a woman doesn't follow me when I'm speaking out of fear. A woman doesn't follow me when I'm not following Christ because the authority doesn't come from the man. The authority and the submission to leadership comes from the ability and the, the visibility of the man submitting to God. Just like God brought Adam into Eden and gave him, he gave him dominion. See, there's something that's to that. God can grant you authority. And with that authority, that's where the leadership comes from. So a male is just someone who's born with male genitalia. You're just a man, biologically, you're just a man. Just so I just really been going over just the correlation between fear and godliness and and when I'm speaking can I speak in fear um and still be godly right and connecting godliness to being manly and being manly not having anything to do with really like a ego egotistical type of thing but has something to do with carrying on the character of Christ right like I'm not being manly because I'm you know being macho no I'm talking about being godly I'm talking about operating like Christ operated so you can walk around with the muscles and be tough on the outside and all that like that no that's not godly um that's not manly that's being man that's being man that's being a male that's being macho watcho no 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 I'm talking about being godly is manly because before sin, when God created man, he created a man that was responsible, that had, that had, that had purpose, um, and that wasn't, and, and was not ashamed in, in their own skin. And when men overcompensate and try to puff themselves up, whether it's by, you know, from anything on the outside, that's them trying to be macho. And that has nothing to do with godly character. God talks about character. But so it's in that. So when I come to fear, I want to go to Mark 4. And this is right after, you know, Jesus was, you know, sermonized as he was, but it's 35. So Mark 4 and 35. Here, let me start. It says, Jesus' use of the parables is 33. And it says, and many. With such parables, parables, he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. But without a parable, he did not speak to them. And when they were alone, he explained all the things to his disciples. Right. So he gave, you know, before this, he gave the parable of the mustard seed. He gave the parable of the sower. He gave purpose. Of, he told him the purpose of the parables, the light, the parable of the growing seed. Like he explained why he gave parables. And it was the parables to help people understand. And he would break it down to the disciples. Why? He broke down to them. Why? So on the same day. That's 35. He says, when evening had come, he had said to them, let us cross over to the other side. And now when they left the multitude, so after he, they was preaching and doing their thing, they said, all right, let's go on the other side. They jump in these boats and they gone, right? Him along in the boat he was and other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose and the waves beat into the boat. So it was already filling. But he was in a stern asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and they said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Listen, just like if y'all I mean, man, in Exodus, you think about, oh, man, <laughs> you know, they, they have they've been freed. Right. They have been freed 
from Egypt, right? And they every time something happened, oh my God, we're gonna die, we're gonna start from death. Like fear, that fear. You can always see when people are separate from God, when they're speaking out of fear, when they're panicking. Like it, like it's always attached, right? So listen, it says, teacher, do you not care? Now this is a Jesus that just has been teaching, that's been forming miracles, that's been doing adult stuff. But now something is happening. Right. So so you've had this life, you've done this, these things have happened, but all of a sudden something go wrong, you're like, Lord, do you I'm gonna lose my job or if I lose my job, I'm not gonna be able to feed my like you 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 start to pan again. So same thing they did. And they walked with Christ. Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he rose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But here we go back to this, man. It's in 40. He said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly. And he and said to one another, who can this be that even the wind obey him? It was amazing how I asked you the question of the whole show the question of today was, could we find fear before sin? Now, this is way after Adam. And it's this huge, it's, you know, this huge storm after he didn't preach. They freaking out. And he says to them, after he called, he says, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Let me tell you what's so crazy about this. And so, so now I'm, as I'm making it, you know, I'm applying it to what I'm talking about. I'm applying it to myself is that imagine God was sleeping, right? Christ was sleeping. Jesus was sleeping. And there's a huge, crazy storm, man. And they have to come wake him up like, oh, my God, we're going to die. Right. <laughs> we can all relate to that. Think about the storm that we're dealing with now that's called COVID or whatever. You know, like, oh, my God, it's like. People are panicking. They're frantic. They don't know what to do. They're buying all the toilet paper, but not, but not like you know. I don't know medicine or toothpaste at the very least. I don't know. Like people are panicking. Oh my God, we're gonna die. This is gonna happen, right? And what's interesting is after he calms. This is this is this go go back to how when we call God the Father and how we may and the type of father he is. They're panicking. This is how dope God is. He solves the problem first. Go and get the storm. Uh, he get wake him up. He's like, all right, peace be still. Then he come and talk to his people like, why are y'all so afraid? Like, what, what, what have we been doing? How is it that you have no faith? I want you to ask yourself when you panicking, if you if 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 Jesus was still could be still in the flesh with you standing next to you right there, and you in some of your situations, would Jesus ask you the same thing? Like, dog, how how is it that you still have no faith? Like, how? Why are you so afraid? So when you having these conversations with people and you start speaking out of fear it's like because you know further in scripture and Jesus tells him he said that the things that I've done that you'll do you'll do even greater works right and it made me think 
that that storm could that storm have been calmed by somebody other than Christ now I know why it wasn't because these people still had no faith and they and it was and they had and it had to be shown like they had to continue to see because they couldn't see it for themselves but God had God but God has given us power and authority and I'm not telling you to go don't don't read the Bible for two days and then try to calm stand in the middle of a tornado no 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 because I also believe that that discipline and that authority and that power I think some of these things are attached to discipline and time the dedicate the people the, the amount of time dedicated in these days where people were actually raising the dead, healing the sick, it, they wasn't just reading a Bible plan for 35 minutes a day and then living a life full of consuming sinful content and then walking around with the authority to cast out demons. I, I, just really, I just don't really believe that. I believe these people were devoted to the faith to an extent that it, 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 they had rigorous training, rigorous study, rigor, rig, rigorous um, and repetitive teaching, content, consum consumption over it. And that... They had it, so that's a whole nother story. But I, but I, I wanted to come bring back. He said to them, "Why are you so fearful? I want you to ask yourself that. Why, why are you so fearful in this time? Why, or any time? Why are you so fearful? Why, when you speak to us, when you speak into your spouse, when you speak into your kids?" Do you understand the damage you can do when you as a man, you that's supposed to be following God, speak out of fear? And how can they follow you when if God didn't give you the spirit of fear, when you're speaking out of fear, then you're not following God. So you have you are relinquishing your authority to the fear when God wants you to have to have the authority as you follow him. So. Men are very aware of danger, but they do not operate and they are not led by the spirit of fear because they are too busy being led by the spirit of God. And so their family can follow them and walk in that authority. Think about this. And these are the subtle, these are like the subtle things about being a man, right? When you walk with your woman, right? What's and you walk on the sidewalk? What side of the street is your wife? Is your your woman supposed to be on? You standing on one side of the car. She's standing on the other. Right? She stand further away from the car. And I say that now. So now check this out. Does that mean that the woman can't take care of herself if she's a lesser being? No, I'm gonna say this over and over. Ladies, no. It's not that you're lesser. It's that you're. It's that you matter. And no matter how much you can take care of yourself, a real man is still gonna want to take care of you because they love you and they value you. Now, does a man really truly believe that if I stand on this side and this car jump this curb, it's not gonna kill me? Oh no, it's gonna do the equal amount of damage to the human flesh if that thing hits the body. But it's all about positioning. God positioned us. He positioned the family, father, mother, children, father, foundation, mother, children, not 
father better, mother, woman lesser, children even let no. He he made he 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 designed it and positioned it because that's how he wanted it to be. That's it. It's not it's not even that deep. Listen, God positioned the family to be the way it was because that's how he wanted it. Not because the woman was inferior. Not because the woman didn't deserve the same amount of respect. Not because the, the you know the man is superior and the woman is inferior. No, he he didn't create man and then create woman because women were inferior. No, he created it. Because that's how he wanted it. That's that's the design. It's like don't overthink it and add to the story. Because if God thought woman was inferior, he would say that. But he didn't. He talked about women. He talked fearfully and wondered him. He talked about wisdom and said her. Like he like God doesn't love man more. He but he positions that he wants a woman to follow a godly man. Or if she denies herself marriage, she follows him and she devotes her life to him. But if she ha but if she desires to be married, he desires her to be married to a man that is connected to him so that she can still walk. Like it's, These provisions are all because God designed them that way. I think so. So it's, it's not so when <laughs> so teaching our young men this growing up in a world knowing this. Defending our women, protecting them, it creates a different kind of atmosphere. Think about it like this. Now, it's all about positioning. It's not like actually like, okay, like a car not going to hurt you or, you know. But think about it even when you, you know, you land in the bed with your wife, you hear a sound in the house. The man has to go look, right? Does that mean that that man can go out there and not get beat up or hurt? No. But it's positioned because the women want to feel protected. Now, now let me give you this. Let's say, you know, you married to a woman, she's 6'5", 245 pounds, she's a bodybuilder, she's stocky, she's tall, you 5'4", 170 pounds. That woman, when they when she hears a sound, she's still going to want you to walk your tiny self out there and defend her. Now, in your mind, you're going to be like, you, your big buddy to go out there and <laughs> defend me. But that's not the position. So what we've seen for the last decade and a little bit more is that the world is trying to re, to re. Teach what manhood is. Reteach what a father can be, or the lack thereof. Reteach what a man is. That's why nowadays you see men arguing with a woman to get the last word. Nowadays you see men pushing women, pushing women, hitting women, you know, slapping them, you know, uh, throwing drinks in their face. You see men being petty with women we see men being ratchet like we see how they're trying to sh show us something different when in all truth god has told us what a man is and and nowhere can you see in scripture where god will promote a man physically taking over a woman even though men are usually built physically you know differently than women where they may be able to overpower one but God never grants purpose for a man to force that because it goes back to the example of our father God has power to to hold the sun and create a, create universes and he never uses it to crush us in his hand so a God that 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 is that powerful and only uses his life to perpetuate live sustain and grow life so why would God empower and consider a man with power to physically harm a woman to actually do it just because they may be just because it may be possible that's not manly that's weak
because it because any male can hurt somebody but it takes a real man to encourage and to build and to create something that's why the first thing we saw in the bible in genesis 1 it goes to it goes into christ creating the first thing our father did was create Just create. In the beginning, God created. That's the first, listen to that. First thing, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. First thing our father did was create. Why didn't the first thing, you know, in the beginning, God destroyed, like, like, and so you think about it like this. A male can beat somebody up, kill somebody, you know, they all this crap we do, we, we as humans do. But a man wants to be known, and that's why the Bible and the Bible is inspired. With every translation, with all the deepness we can get into, who wrote this? How, God wants it to be known that one of the first things that our Father ever did was create. It tell it lines through how much God created, the provisions God put into place for us. So, fellas, I'm telling you now, this was about this is telling us about God. We learned about God's character right now, but think about it like this: instead of us growing up. As men, and only thinking about who we're going to sleep with, right? You know, because that's what we, because we've been given some foul practices on who we can sleep with, who we should, you know, how we should do this stuff, X, Y, and Z. Imagine if we started to look through this lens as we're supposed to be following God and saying, I want to be known for what I can create and what I can put into the world that can perpetuate growth and success. And then we look at our greatest grandfather, Adam. First thing Adam had was responsibility. He had purpose. He had a job. Imagine before I'm thinking about screwing this, that, and forth. I'm setting up wealth for the future. I'm doing these things. I'm making these decisions, and I'm growing so that when, when the, you know, because think about all these, you know, having dominion over the earth, like so responsibility, being a steward, tending the stuff and keeping it and growing. All these things were inherited and given to men by God, right? And then he was like, man, he need a helper. Imagine having these things set in place so that when you find your good thing, when your helper, help, helper comes, she's not trying to be God for you or be a man for you and put you on, but she's here to work with what you have been focusing on because you've already been creating. But a lot of times, and I'm not, you know, exempt from this, because God blessed me with a mighty woman of God. Because I'm not, I'm not exempt from this at all. But a lot of instances, we have women coming in, and they're being a helpers to a ma a male with no vision, a male with with no stoop, with no with no dominion, with no authority. And then they do their own thing and they, and it creates an issue because then after four or five years, the man decides he wants to start getting the authority and start. And it's like now she's established something. So imagine before we before we chase a woman and try to do all that. Imagine us establishing things in the earth, following and chasing God, creating. And then we find a helper that is comparable to us, that is our equal. And we can really make this thing go or also build interest and or be, and and build, build interest. I want to encourage us that when you are speaking out of fear, that's not manly. And a better way to say it is that's not godly. When you're being led by man, that's not godly. That's not manly. When you're being led by God. Now, 
when a man is being led by another godly man, that's manly. When a man is being when a man is being led by a male, because a male is they're they're it's all about the flesh, you know. Uh, you know, it's all about feelings and emotions. It's all about carnal. Because a man or a boy, a male or a boy, only cares about how they feel. But a man is focused on what they can create and what they can give. It's not about what they can be given. It's about what they can give. First scripture, God is talking about what he creates for somebody else. <laughs> the first Genesis talks about what God is creating for other. It had nothing to do with God. So the closer we get to becoming a God is us focusing less on what we somebody need to give to us, but what more we can contribute. And no real man will ever willingly put their family in harm's way. Never will. And when you are, you're not being a man. think I'll end it there for the day we'll continue but I want to encourage you fellas like I like this was a tough conversation because it wasn't all fluffy you know but listen I want you to see this as I saw it as men women are our equals and but we have a different part we have a different purpose we have to establish we have to create we have more most importantly we have to follow God so that we can have access to the authority so that when we are leading our wives are walking into the presence and walking and being fruitful because of the direction that we're walking and a male can do that so I'll end it here as the Bible talks about as a child, right? When I became a man, I put away. There's a choice that happens when you decide that you're going to be a man, but you don't have a choice about being a male. Mm -mm. If you're born a male, you're a male. Now, philosoph I mean, you know, philosophically, and people consider, you know, well, I was. They feel they was born another way to get surgeries and hormones. That listen, I'm I'm not here to make a position on that. I mean, my position is that I believe I don't have a choice on my my my. On being a male or female. That's something that's God given to me. So I don't even worry myself about things that are God-sized problems. I'm a man. That's his choice. Whatever. I'm 5'9". That was God's choice. Whatever. I mean, come on now. God, you could have bumped it, bumped up the, you know, bumped the sliders up a little bit to get 6'2 or 6'3", but you didn't. It's cool. I work with what I got. But I do have a choice on whether or not I'm going to be a man. So, peace and God bless. You've been listening to the Fathership Project. And let's end this show, man. I'm sorry. It's got deep, right? We're going to end this with my guy, man. I, like, he's he, this is one of my favorite artists. Just to encourage y'all, pick y'all back. I hope y'all picked y'all up. I was, I'm pretty excited and encouraged, but just to make sure, man, it's the guy, my guy, um, Caleb Montgomery. Free spitter. Love him. Got a, it's, a, it's a freestyle. It's called a free verse. I'm going to drop this for y'all. This is the homie, Caleb Montgomery. Some fire. But thank y'all for listening to the Fathership Project. Peace and God bless. Clean Air Media. Thank God. So the world he gave is only fact. Whoever believes 
fight goes on I've been dead to me, bro, my life been drawn You see the shine, and the light been on I walk in truth, blind to the lines like my sight been drawn See clear since he pulled me from out that swamp And white mud out my eyes Spiritually I'm reviving, edited, reshaped and cropped I've been revised, made brand new No longer intertwined with this world Sin filled, but it's still lying inside Bumpy terrain, I'm buckled in for the ride I know that I'ma be out as soon as he do arrive I'm walking over the clouds, I'ma be in the sky Transparent view, I'm seeing through all the lies Steering clear of the beast, I know he wears the skies Wolf and sheep dramas, trying to remain crosses So not for sale, they still trying to buy Union with Christ, they still trying to divide I see the value, no giving pearls to swine Yeah, it's a couple hills, I'm still fighting the climb Freedom's in reach, I'm yelling, yo, give me mine Devil looking for beef, I tell them don't even try I'm putting in work, I'm going after the prize Stay in the kitchen, spirit truth combined Cooking up over beats, I serve it to you in rhyme See the reaper coming, I'm looking out through the blinds Temptation crawling, is pulling me by the spine Say you pay your tithes, but where do you put your time? Eternal investments, I ain't losing a dime Stone was rejected, everybody despised The word that came in the flesh, decided to pay the fine 100% man, he was fully divine All but once lost, but he came to find Wounded for transgressors, suffered for many crimes He never committed, never committed none nah, Didn't have to, but he did it Now's a good time if you've never repented Only one God, they hate being specific Take truth and lies, make sure that they blend it Let me pause for reflection Look at all this deception, man Hard to miss it like a bad blemish Thank God for the sun He set us all free Cause I couldn't pay the fee like a bad tenant, yeah Time's running out, man, we lack minutes I'm a mess, way shady like a lady doing bad business He completed the work, so it's past finish Gotta carry your cross, put your back in it Felt like I took a break, now I'm back in it And I'm pressing toward the marks in my last finish Rap game is full of face, but it's sad gimmicks My backyard is full of snakes, I maneuver with care Pray for discernment, Lord, keep me aware He came committed to die for the wicked It's one true and living, no way to compare It's no way to compare Truth is painful, but you have to face it Depart from me, what a tragic statement We all keep taking his mercy for weakness But don't take advantage of the masses patience Don't take advantage of the masses patience Don't take advantage of the masses patience Observe and see the masses anguish All trapped in the system, up under the wrath of Satan They need the truth, let's get back to basics Soon he'll be back to change This is just what I'm on This is just what I'm on This is just what I do This is just what I do I'm just trying to be real I'm just trying to be real While I'm repping the truth While I'm repping the truth This is just what I'm on This is just what I'm on This is just what I do This is just what I do I'm just trying to be real I'm just trying to be real While I'm repping the truth While I'm repping the truth Check out my daddy's website. Hey, this is Carter. My dad got some new hoodies and hats. Not and I will try to check them out. Hey, this is Corey. I need you to check out ddemetriusearly.com right now.
Hey, what's going on, family? It's the one and only. It is Demetrius Early. You are listening to a fathership exclusive. No, no. It's the fathership project, man. I had a special little joint that I wanted to do. Um, because I don't know. I, I felt it, this wasn't planned. And I try my best to plan and make this stuff well thought out. But this is something that I've put almost eight, nine, ten years into thinking about now. So I um, I can consider myself knowledgeable enough to talk about this. Tomorrow is Thanksgiving Day. Man-made holiday. The holiday that, you know, many people, you know, consider the day that um, genocide happened. Um, and it's a white man's pagan holiday. And, you know, like I said, this show won't be political, so I can't get into that. Um, nah, I can't, I won't. But I do want to get into one thing. Right now in these times of uncertainty, which is interesting because all it did, all this, all this virus did for me is confirm that mankind is too, we're so arrogant that we've walked around this planet before now thinking that we had a choice on how life life happened that we had a choice on when death happened and we had a choice <laughs> that we had control right and now people are losing their mind because somehow we've lived we've allowed ourselves to walk in this world where we considered that we were God and that we could control all these things and then when the new virus comes that's being publicized a certain way, we one ignore all the deaths that happen every single day. Just we just we just ignore them. But now this has people so afraid because thinking that they could control something that will happen. Um, now let me let me let me be let me let me be clear. I don't think the coronavirus is a government conspiracy. <laughs> Uh, even if it's called the China virus or whatever. Listen, people have lost their lives. That's a fact. People have gotten sick and had complications and didn't die, but had complications. Some people have recovered and still have struggled with complications. Some people are depressed. Be- like some because of the of what came with this coronavirus. Some people have been put in a position where they're questioning a faith that they never have questioned. Some people have even left the faith that they've never questioned. Some some people don't know what to do, don't know how to feel, don't know what to think. And wherever you fall on that level, one, I want to say that my prayers are with you because I don't think it's an easy answer to how to approach 2020. And I say that because not of what 2020 is, but what 2020 is, how it's being promoted and how it's is for being forced on to be processed. So for how information is being given in the year 2020, I don't blame anybody for where they are, but I do mourn, I grieve, and I pray with you, pray for you. These are tough times. Manipulation is at an all-time high. Indoctrination is at an all-time high. Mani- uh, mind control, like people are, people are under attack. Now, what type of Thanksgiving... <laughs> episode is this you being dark Meech. no i wanted to say that because i wanted to say this there are so many things i can't control listen i i i got a nephew in texas that is 6'2 and he's 13 listen 
Come on, God. <laughs> Do you know how many people I would have to stand on to be 6'2"? Not that many. I'm not that short. But come on, man. He don't know what to do with 6'2". Do you know what I could do with Lord with, six, with being 6'2"? Lord, do you understand the magnitude of my greatness if I was able to possess 6'2"? And this happened like three, four times. I got three nephews. They all are gigantuans. Like 14 years old. Why are you taller than everybody in my family? But I digress. So there are so many things I don't have control over. There's so many things. But the one thing that I have control over is my confession. What I say and what I believe is a choice. Who I put my faith in is a choice. How I live my life is a choice. It's not always an easy choice, but it's still a choice. So I'm thankful this year that how with everything that happened, God has allowed me to be reminded about the choices that I can make and the choices that I haven't made and that I still have opportunity to make a choice. I'm so thankful for the for the choice that God has given me. Like I said, and this is not no sidewinder comment about making choice and you know the government say no no i'm talking about the only choice that really matters when it all comes down and that's choosing jesus christ in your heart confessing it with your mouth but believing it in your heart first confess it with your mouth that he is the son of god that he died and he rose on the third day for you that's a choice and to be totally honest with everything that's being pushed out I don't think it's an easy choice for many people, and that's okay, but it's still a great, it's, it's the most important choice you could ever make in your life. I'm thankful. I got a show coming up about leaving money on the floor, and I want to talk about the concept of salvation, being in church, and you know. But it made me think about it, and I just wanted to say why, how I'm thankful for this, because if I was born in another country, if I was born with a different parent, right? If I was born and just everything that has happened didn't happen, I may not have been presented this choice at this point in my life. I may not have been presented this choice, you know, when I was presented it in 2004 and then presented it authentically um, in 2011, I might not have been presented that choice. So I'm thankful that despite all the crap, all the things that has happened in my life I couldn't control, all the things that I could control, but I was too immature or thick-headed or hurt or prideful to, 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 to choose something different. Like, I'm thankful that I'm sitting here today, right, at 33 years old. And I'm able to choose Jesus. I'm so thankful that with every challenge I've had, God has allowed my life to be. God has allowed my life to be here 
where I can honestly say at 33, I am a Christian and I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sins and that I am saved and that there is more waiting for me. But there is power in in what I have there, that the spirit of God is living in me like that. That is a that is a privilege. And that is a that is an opportunity and a choice that I'm thankful that I was able to make. Because there are people who aren't here today that if they would have not got killed, not died this way or not, you know, that that may have if they would have lived six weeks longer or six months later or six years longer, that they may have made the same choice that I was able to make in 2011. For real, I made it in 2004, but for real, 2011, when I said, God, you can have my life, not I'm just going to go to an altar, cry and say I'm saved, but I'm not going my heart not change. I'm not convinced for real, because when you're convinced, your life changes. I'm just I'm just going to be honest. When you convinced about losing weight, you, you change when you are hype about it. You post and you talk about it and it lasts as long as it matters. But, you, you know, that but that's here or there. I'm thankful. That I have a choice. And, and there's and there's so much benefit from being a believer. <laughs> I'm gonna tell y'all some, two things that happened to me in the last two days, and that reminded me that's that just to strike this home. I was driving with the family, kids in the back seat, wife next to me, of course, and crazily enough. I'm um I'm going the wrong way, right? I need to get over. So I wait for the you know the cars enough cars to clear for me to try to jump out, right? And um jump out and get into the right lane. As I jump out and get to the right lane where it was no cars, a car punches behind me. Punches to the point where the car's going so fast. Cause I was actually considering I was going to try to just speed up, but it was so, I had a split second that I was able to move. There was no cars on my left. There was no cars behind me that I was able to move to a median, hit my brakes. That car never slowed down, kept driving, didn't get in an accident. (laughs) Now, many people say, you know, that's just happenstance, but I'm telling you, if you look at the numbers and you look because numbers matter, right? You know, we live in a time now where all these statistics matter. 3,000 people get in a car accident and die. Fatal 3,000 fatal car accidents every day. But for some reason, I'm not a part of that 3,000. My family is not part of that 3,000. And I don't care what anybody can say, you know, as, you know, whatever, you know, whatever position you want to take. But I'm telling you that I believe that Christ is the reason why we didn't get in a car accident. I, that don't mean I would I would have died in that car accident. I mean, the dude was driving really fast. But statistically, car accidents, 3,000 of them happen a day, people die. But somehow, that car didn't hit me. Right? And I'm thankful because in reality, even if the car would have hit me, which is, this is what's so crazy about it. Even if the car would have hit me, my eternity is sealed by the confession I made, not just with my lips, but I made it first in my heart. 
And that choice is a blessing. Not that I didn't get in that car accident because I do believe Christ interceded and that's why we didn't get in the accident. But also, at the worst case scenario, I've been able to make a choice that seals my eternity. And I'm, a, and I'm so grateful. I don't got a death wish. I ain't like ready to die. I got a lot of purpose left in me. But I'm thankful for who Jesus was and who we, not was, who Jesus continues and has been for before the existence of this world to even now and forevermore. And I'm thankful. I'm thankful for that choice. And honestly, man, if you listen to this episode, I pray that you're thankful. I pray that you look for something to be thankful for. Many people aren't going to be around their families in the time where they usually look forward to being around family. I get it. It sucks. And if you're not doing it, it's okay. You got FaceTime. If you don't, you, it's 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 a bunch of apps. And if it ain't apps, if it depends on how bad you is about it, you can drive outside with a mask and call them and stand outside of a window to whatever extreme, whatever y'all dealing with, whatever level. But I want to tell you that Despite the news, you should still be thankful for the time that you're living in because you still have life, which means you still have the opportunity to choose Christ. You still have an opportunity. And I'm not trying to preach at nobody, man, but I'm thankful. And I wanted to I wanted to put it out what I'm thankful for. Of course, people know, man, I'm so thankful for my wife and my kids. <laughs> So thankful for my wife and my kids. So I mean, so thankful for my mom and my grandmother. So thankful for my aunties and my uncles. Of course. <laughs> so thankful for my father. So thankful for my brothers. So thankful for my sisters. So thankful for my nieces, my nephews. So thankful for my cousins. So thankful for my coworkers, my peers, my classmates, uh, former classmates. I'm, I'm thankful for my listeners. <laughs> I'm thankful... I'm thankful for so much, and it's no offense to none of y'all, but I'm so thankful this year. If I could sum up this year so far, I'm so thankful that I was able to choose Christ and I'm able to continue to choose Christ because I got to do it every day. And every day I don't feel like a superstar in choosing Christ. I feel like, you know, if I was drafted to Team Jesus, man, some days I'm, I'm LeBron, some days I'm Jordan, some days I'm Iverson, and some days I feel like I'm... Mateen Cleaves, you know, um, sometimes I feel like I'm Allen Houston when he played for the Pistons or any superstar that played for the Pistons. Sometimes I feel like Blake Griffin. <laughs> sometimes I feel like Blake Griffin for Team Jesus. <laughs> but even in all of that, man, like Christ didn't have no prerequisites. Like I didn't have to be the number one draft pick, man. Hey, I legit could just choose and I'm on the I'm on the winning team, man. That's crazy. Like sometimes Jesus is so dope. I'm, I could be like Dwight Howard. I could come in and not even really play, and I'm and I'm and I'm and I'm on a winning team. So I'm thankful. I'm super thankful for who God is. I'm not crying, y'all. That's that was actually just the sound of me sniffing mucus. <laughs> but I'm thankful. So when I say I'm thankful for you being able to choose Jesus Christ, there's so many things that culminate in that. It'll be having life, me having breath, oxygen, photosynth. Like there's so many things that happen in this on this planet that I that I thank God for being the ultimate conductor and engineer of everything that perpetuates this life. I'm so thankful. And I'm just thankful for being able to thank him. <laughs> thankful for him having an ear to hear me and me. And I'm thankful 
that I have an ear to hear and I'm a doer. Of course, I got I can do better and will do better and can and have and went, you know, all that that I, you know. But just in this moment, man, I sit back and I say, dog, I serve a God that, bro, I, man, I I was a wicked, a wicked cat in my mind and in my heart. I've said mean things. I've done mean things. I've. But you just but you still just die for me. I think that's the craziest. Like, what's wrong with God? I was, <laughs> I was watching this movie. And this guy was like, man, you know, I'm dating my girl and she's so she could have done so much better. And, you know, he's doing a comedy bit. And he like, to be honest, I'll be like, man, what, what, why are you here? <laughs> you can do so much better than me. Like, like, uh, like, do you have like low self-esteem or something like what? Why? Why are you with me? And I think about that sometimes, sometimes like, Lord, man, what's up, bro? You die for this? You know, sometimes, you know, watching people leave the faith and or talk about crazy about the faith. Uh, I'd be like, Christ, you die for this. People making the faith about our skin color. Like, dog, God, you Christ, you die for us. Is, like, is you crazy? Like, wh- like, why, bro? How, like, why would you do this? God, why would you give your only... But God, like, why would you give your son in hopes? Like, like, why would you give your son in hopes that we will choose? It's the wildest concept. Like, what the heck? So I'm thankful. God, you're so good. It, it don't even make sense. <laughs> and I'm thankful, Lord. So thank you, Lord God. For being such an awesome, awesome, consistent, loving, intentional God. Overwhelming in love, God. I'm so thankful. Thankful that I'm able to choose you. I love you, Lord God, I honor you. And I pray that any father, anybody, fathers, of course, fathers, but. I pray that anybody who's listening to this, man, that if you look around and you can't see nothing else, I'm telling you that if you ain't got nothing else to be thankful for, you should be thankful that if you're listening to this, this means you're alive. And if you're not alive, you're a zombie and I will give you a headshot. Pow. No, I'm just joking. If you hearing this and you got ears to hear, you got breath to breathe. You could choose Christ. That's a choice for you. Like in reading the Bible can only paint the picture but even our minds can't fully grasp what we're receiving. But even an inch of understanding on what and who God is, you get to choose God. Like, listen, this is what's crazy. There are so many things being forced on us. So many things that are just automatic. Like, we got to pay taxes, right? You got to, when I'm born, I'm, I got to be whatever race and gender I am. Like, I have these choices. I have these things that I cannot choose. But at the end of the day... The most powerful decision in your my, your life, in your in my life, in your life is your savior, right? The, the true living God. And all of that, <laughs> you get to choose him. It's not forced. And wildly enough, it's not even denied. I gotta apply for a credit card. I gotta apply for a house. You gotta apply for a loan. You gotta you know, you got to court a woman and hope, you know, she like you and want to be with you. You got to. 
But you can just choose Christ. Like right now, you can just sit in the house and just be like, man, I'm tired of this garbage. I'm tired of this fear. I'm tired of, I'm just tired of focusing on everything else. I, I don't have no peace. I'm just, I'm tired. Because that's where I was. I said, God, forget it. I'm tired. I'm, I'm over this garbage. And I'm talking about my life. I'm talking about relationships. I was just frustrated with everything. Car kept breaking down on <laughs> everything. And I'm like, God, forget it, man. Do what you're going to do. I don't care no more. I'm done with this garbage. I give up. And... I said, I'm tired and I quit. And I was like, Lord, just, I just want you to help me. I need, I need you. And I sat in the room and I made this confession. I was so uneducated. I was so un like, just, I was so raw and out of my mind, but I was so serious about choosing Christ. And in that moment I was saved. That was before I got baptized. That was before I sat in the church and talked to somebody, which that stuff was so important. I'm so glad that I had the ability and had the people who was able to help me, educate me, encourage me and direct me in the right ways to understand and grow in Christ. Like and continually now, like that, that didn't stop. That's, that's, that's just forever. I, like I always need that. But what I'm saying is that I was a, person that was tripping and I was able to just sit. I didn't have to go to a certain place. I didn't have to take four years of school or something like or get a certain I I literally was able to sit in a room and confess with my mouth. But listen how wild that is. You like you in a moment you you can rewrite your eternity by a choice, by a confession of your mouth and believing it in your heart. So a genuine decision that you make in your heart, you can just make it and it changes your entire world. Don't make everything easy. Don't make everything new. Don't make everything accessible. You don't become a millionaire. You don't like stuff. Don't just happen. Except you just get heaven. You just get Christ. Like so with all the other external crap that people be trying to tell you, go to God for if understanding salvation offers so much more, it's even hard to vocalize and explain, but it's an amazing, it's an amazing opportunity that you can choose. Like make a choice. Boom. Yeah. You believe in your heart for real. There's a lot of work that comes behind it to, you got to iron and like, it's a lot of stuff for real. Yeah. It get deep. But once you made the choice and confession in your heart, it's just, it's an amazing opportunity. And I'm so thankful. I'm, I'm, I'm stupid thankful. Like I'm, it's sometimes I get why other people don't believe it because it's so wild of a theory, right? Right. This, if you take it as a theory, imagine you not deserving nothing but somebody gave their lives to give you the world, like to give you something amazing and you didn't do nothing to earn it. And it was already set for you. You just had to choose it. <laughs> it just don't make sense. Now, like I said, I'm saying if you look at it as a theory, it's not a theory. And if it is to you, I'm praying for you because it's it's, it's just a choice. The thing standing between you and an eternity of heaven and eternity of life and life everlasting is a choice. There's nothing else. Like even, you know, in other industries in life, you know, you can make a choice, right? Make it in your mind, commit to it. Bang, bang, bang. It's work to do it. You can get it. You know, if you keep pushing, you grind it. You don't got to grind to be saved. You got to just be genuine. You got to really do it. Now, to grow in the faith and all that, for sure, there's grinding that's required. That's with everything. But you can just make a choice.
And I'm not going to just keep saying it, but I just want y'all to understand. So if you ain't got nothing else to be thankful for, you're, you should be thankful that you can make this choice right now. And I'm telling you, you can make it right now. If you believe in your heart. And you confess that Jesus Christ is God, that he died for your sins, and on the third day he rose, and that you are saved. Now, yes, you need to find a Bible, a Bible-backed, a Bible-rooted church. You need to find Bible-rooted believers, scripture-pushing believers, saints. You got to, you got, like, it's a little work in finding the the assembly to assemble in right and safe places. And that's where discernment comes in. That's when the, you got to rely on the spirit of God that's in you to help direct you. And you'll make mistakes and you'll make affiliations of people that's whack and, you know, vultures and you'll survive it and you'll be this. And I'm just saying, but when we serve a God that's unmatched. So I pray that I pray that you encouraged because you have a choice. Happy holla. <laughs> Happy holidays, people. You have a choice. Peace and God bless.